Welcome to Chapter 3 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with David Bensima, CIO at Baptist Health. In this segment, Bensima talks about how he worked to build trust with physicians, what surprised him, both good and bad, about becoming a CIO, and the uphill battle IT teams are constantly fighting. With the work you did do with, with physician engagement, was there anything that kind of sticks out to you um, that could be helpful to CIOs, just as far as maybe some of the the, the lessons you learned or just any takeaways from that as far as just, you know, what it took to, to really kind of uh, change some, do that, that change management piece with physicians? Yeah. Um, again, I, I go right back to being an internal medicine physician, and when I walked in a room with a new patient, I knew what the priority was. It was that patient was the number one priority, and developing a relationship, a relationship of trust was um, the uh, priority to make sure that patient was well taken care of. It's the same with my physician colleagues. Uh, to engage the physicians, you need relationship. Mm -hmm. And we don't get relationships sitting in offices. Um, in a system like ours, I don't get relationships sitting in Louisville at the headquarters. Uh, you've got to get out. Um, and that's really hard. To your point about CIOs having a lot on their plate, mm -hmm. it is really hard. But if you don't make that effort, they're not going to assume it's that important. Um, so I get around to the physician staff meetings. I get around out on the floors. Um, I make sure that people know me face-to-face -face if they want to chew on me because my physician colleagues do. Um, you know, when you go out and you represent IT, um, my wife's a practicing pathologist, and she said when I went into administrative roles, I went to the dark side. You've heard that one before. Um, but when I went to IT, I went to black ops. And she's a representative of my physician colleagues. They're not that trusting of the IT efforts, and so you've got to have relationships. Remain cordial. Um, understand that they're not upset really with you. They're upset with change. They're upset with the disruption they're seeing in multiple levels in their practices. And you have to just let them go through it. And then when they see that you stand in and you stood through uh, whatever they want to throw at you, then they begin to trust you for answers and they come looking for answers. And my job is much easier now than it was nine months ago. Uh, just because of the number of relationships I've been able to develop. Right. Well, that's interesting. That um, I'm sure that there, there's some level of um, you know added cre credibility for your background, but that it wasn't necessarily an instant sell. No, I've, I've been called um, some pretty impressive names standing in front of groups of even a hundred physicians, and so if if a physician colleague doesn't have qualms about calling me something. Right. Um, then I, I'm sure my CIO colleagues are hearing some worse things if they don't have that MD after their name. Yeah. Um, and again, you, you just you tolerate it and you know it's not you. Um, my wife, who is also um, brilliant um, and much smarter than me, says to me all the time, it's business, it's not personal, blame the government. <laughs> Those three Good things point. will get you through a lot. Yeah. So certainly... It, there's been there have been some uh, you know challenges stepping into the CIO role, um, but w what do you think? What has really kind of stood out to you? Is there anything that kind of surprised you about it? On a very very pleasant surprise, and it shouldn't have been a surprise, but it was a surprise to me, and so it's something I try to tell everyone about. The level of commitment and caring of the IT staff, that their concern for patient safety and the quality of care that our patients experience. Um, I, I would say rivals that of anyone at the bedside. 
Um, I am just overwhelmed by the commitment of the staff. Uh, so that was a very pleasant surprise. On the unpleasant side, um, how unnecessarily arcane and complex some of the products are. Right. Um, and I, I would broad brush it enough to say that all of them are arcane and complex unnecessarily to some degree. We'll say it because you can't have an interview without saying interoperability. Interoperability stinks. Right. Um, and I think that was a surprise, the yeah. lack of, even within some of the systems, some of the products, um, the interoperability. Um, Epic is much nicer that way, obviously, on interoperability with itself, and really even, even in transmitting outside and receiving from outside, but there's still effort in that transmission and receipt. Um, more effort than I think is necessary and long-term appropriate for our, the care of our patients across the country. Um, but you're hearing that from Congress now, you're hearing it from everyone else. I think CMS and Congress have to look in the mirror and say, can we really be surprised that we didn't get interoperability when we paid for everything but? They set measures that had nothing to do with interoperability. Um, so you get what you pay for. And people were focusing on meaning, meaningful use. And then the, the last uh, surprise in the role is um, how granular the involvement of IT is in every aspect of the patient care experience and in every aspect of running hospitals and clinics. Um, there's not a project that goes on that doesn't need a pass by IT before it goes forward. Um, we'd like to get in earlier on that. I think every CIO would like to be in on the planning stages earlier so they can anticipate need and help people to budget in for the necessary IT lift. Um, you have an IT department of X number of people, it has capacity for X number of projects. You usually budget for what you're currently doing. We've got to get the vision to start budgeting for what we need to do, what we'll need for growth. Anticipatory staffing is always hard because you don't want to spend money ahead of time, but anticipatory staffing is lacking in the IT world. Uh, we just keep getting projects thrown in. Um, without increment in staff, that's not a sustainable model. Um, and it's no different than my physician colleagues getting more and more documentation and other requirements thrown on and regulatory requirements. Um, healthcare is going to find itself in a real pinch if we don't solve that anticipatory process. Right. Another thing I wanted to ask about was the, the experience you have in the, uh, the executive medical director role in um, uh, you know, setting up practices or development of practices and or clinics, and how that has has shaped your role. Because I would think that that's something that's uh, an interesting interesting thing to have experience with. Yeah, I, I think uh, two things. One, it it taught me a lot of project management skills. Also taught me to really respect the professionals in project management. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm I'm very open to and appreciative of those folks who have those skills. Um, so I think that's one thing that came. The other is from an IT standpoint, it helps me to understand again just how granular the involvement of IT is. Uh, when I first started putting together practices, and I can remember putting together a, a building in 2007, we built a, uh, an 11,000 square foot, two-story, two-elevator building in 92 days from uh, break ground to in the building. 
And in that time, of course, expected IT to do all the data drops, to do all the uh, phone lines, to uh, make sure we were up and running with our printer network and um, wireless, and that all of it worked flawlessly on day one. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I now know that. What right, I did to right. people was just abusive. Uh, but I wouldn't have that depth of understanding if I hadn't been through it and been the one with the unrealistic expectations and demands. Yeah. So now I know how to look at those projects and explain to those who are coming forward with them why a, a different timeline is more doable, more approachable, more appropriate, uh, but also to get with my executive colleagues and help them to understand why advance notice is so important. Just because you found the perfect, perfect practice to acquire or just because you found the perfect site to put some people doesn't mean you're there. Yeah. Negotiating a lease is just the beginning. <laughs> and I think a lot of times um, executives don't really have that insight or that feedback, and I can provide it with some credibility because of all the sites I put together. Right. Oh, that's really interesting. And we, uh, you and I had talked a little bit um, you know, offline briefly about the, the different uh, paths people take to the CIO role. And with, with your path, that these are areas where, you know, b between being physician and then, and then um, the medical director experience, you you have that that where some CIOs are lacking. But then, I, I would imagine that there were some aspects that when you did take on the CIO role, you had to kind of, um, you know, maybe lean on people a little more for, um, you know, other areas of expertise that maybe you know you didn't have the strongest background in. Yeah, I, I still have to lean very heavily on my team for technical aspects. Um, I understand what my interface analysts do, but I couldn't create an interface. Um, and I, I recognize my shortcomings, and in fact, I told my executive team, um, I have my three executive directors, Trisha Julian, who we mentioned, Mike Brown, who we mentioned, and then Michael Erickson, who's executive director of infrastructure and security. And those three individuals, I told them my first day, I said, y'all have to understand, I'm a kindergartner. I'm a smart kindergartner, but I'm a kindergartner. I don't know much. Please teach me. Every day, teach me. If you start to use a term, assume I don't know what it means. And they've been wonderful about that. And April 24th, I um, went into our meeting with them, and I said, ah, today's my first uh, anniversary. I've now matriculated. I'm a first grader. <laughs> still don't know a whole lot, still need to be taught, um, and still willing to learn. And I, I think that's really a pretty apt analogy of where I am. I am just yeah. a first grader when it comes to being a technical CIO. I think I have other skill sets, but um, from the technical aspect, I learn every single day. Yeah. Could you do it all over again? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I am helping our system to move to a brighter future. Um, I originally took the CMIO role to help my physician colleagues uh, work through the requirements of meaningful use and come out of that as unscathed as possible and help the system achieve it. Um, and then when I was asked to add CIO, by then I already knew about EPIC, knew you know that we were putting it, going to be uh, putting it in, and I wanted to get our system to that point. I wanted to uh, help Baptist Health get to where I know it can be in terms of being an integrated system. Um, it's always been a tremendous place. Um, it's always been a, a great place to take care of patients, whether it's our hospital in Louisville, Paducah, Lexington, Corbin, LaGrange, 
um, our new additions in Richmond and Madisonville. Um, tremendous place. My wife uh, started working here right out of her pathology residency, and um, I spent the first 11 years in my practice with my wife saying, I work at a great hospital, how about you? <laughs> and uh, in 2001, this Baptist wannabe became a Baptist physician practicing for five years as an internal medicine private physician. And the day I started working in Baptist Health Lexington, I knew I found home. Yeah. That's what it all comes down to is, you know, feeling like you're at the right place. And uh, it's a good thing you do feel that way because I'm sure, you know, you couldn't have picked a, a busier time to get into this industry. <laughs> a busy role. time. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm blessed to be of use. Um, I, I tell people that I, I may be totally crazy, but I enter every situation in every room assuming that I can do something to help. Yeah. And um, I think that comes from being a physician. You know, you walk into a lot of hopeless situations if all you're looking for is to completely solve it. Uh, but if you're looking to help, you can always help. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great perspective. Okay. Well, I'm sure I could uh, talk to you a lot more, but um, I think that that's, that's all I wanted to cover for now. Um, I'd certainly like to check back with you down the road to see how everything's going. Um, Absolutely. I, I, yeah, talk to you I, again. I, okay, great. Well, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, and I, I think that these insights are going to be really beneficial for uh, our readers. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate the chance, and uh, look forward to talking to you in the future. All right. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.